Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Right now. Realizing I watched a lot of uh, television with the youngsters back in the day. How about that? I'll say it again. That cab driver in Bucherrios, Mexico, when he said, Senor, you're Espanol. Mucho bueno. Why is that? I said, uh, Dora the Explorer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Learned so much Spanish. I got to brush up on my Spanish, though. <laughs> yes, you do. Come estas. Una más, por favor. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, buenos dias, muchachos. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Who, uh, who who called that up? I know, right? It's the guys in the back. That'd be Jordan. All right. Nice work, director Jordan. Yeah, that'd be Jordan. Welcome to a hump day episode of the RP Show. Coming at you live out of the bunker here. Out of the bunker. It is episode number 552. RP here, Moose DuPont there. I'm pretty in pink today, and you look like you're conducting business. Yeah. The usual day. The usual day. Did you get a haircut? No, I didn't. There's something I... different about you. Is there? Have you lost weight, or are you wearing I, bigger uh, clothes? Yeah, I'm on the, uh, I've been digging into my TB12 book. and Oh, good for you. Yeah, it's some really good stuff in there. So That's the Tom Brady's life plan. Yeah. Um, hey. All cool. Let us know where you're watching the program from today. We're live on Game Plus Television across North America, but we're also streaming on Facebook and YouTube. And this dude just wrote in, <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> Brandon Lewis watching in Texas and said, watching from my post, watching illegals entering the USA. <laughs> okay, he's a, board, he's a border guard. I got gotcha. you. Brandon, if you wouldn't mind, this reminds me of when I walked up to the podium to give an address at some hall and I'm like, why don't you tell me what you want me to talk about? I could stand up here and give a speech for the next hour, but I, I, I don't want to miss the mark. Brandon, if you're watching, watching illegals entering the United States of America, what would you like us to talk about? He seems like a new viewer, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Coming up on the program today, this was my call. I wanted to get Jim Lawson on, the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, because I love that man. Former chairman of the uh, CFL's Board of Governors, uh, former Montreal Canadiens hockey playing prospect, Jim Lawson. Stud. What was that Instagram video? Dog. <laughs> yes. Jim Lawson. Dog. He's coming up in hour one to preview the Queen's Plate running on Sunday at Woodbine in Toronto. Coming up in hour two, TSN's Rod Black. Dog. He's calling the World Women's Hockey Championship game today. In Calgary, so that's going to be good. I'm just, I'm feeling it today. How about you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Brandon Lewis watching in Texas says, CFL, I love the CFL, or Big 12 conference issues. Perfect. Let's hit the quick six show topics, please, Director Jordan. If you don't Since he's off to such a solid start. Uh, the warm-up, by the way, is brought to you by E-Cold Electric. Come check out our new Regina Data and Lighting Center, E-Cold Electric. Let's get to work. Right on cue, Brandon Lewis in Texas called it. I got, I got a couple of CFL things in my first post. 
Bo Levi Mitchell, he was near the end of hour one, the pride of Katy, Texas, or him and Andy Dalton. You pick which one's more popular. Bo gone with a broken leg to the six-game injured list uh, with the Calgary Stampeders. What I have written down here, are the Stamps done? I'm sorry to say I think they are. And this week, if you're picking games, I think you're going to take the Montreal Alouettes to win at Calgary. Let me say this. The Calgary Stampeders couldn't win with Bo Levi Mitchell, the quarterback. You're going to tell me they're going to win without Bo Levi Mitchell, the quarterback? And I'm seeing the coverage coming out of Calgary that, oh, Michael O'Connor, he's awesome. He's going to be great. Hey, the guy's been in the league long enough. His time with the Argos, clearly he knows the Canadian game. He's not Bo Levi Mitchell. They might not win a game without Bo Levi Mitchell over the next stretch. So are the Calgary Stampeders done? I'm sorry. I think they're done. It's a 14-game season. They already were having a bad start at 0-2. How, is it, how are they supposed to come out of this? And I'm sorry for the people in Calgary that don't like to hear that, but that is my take on that. And I'm going to come back around on the Stamps sale in a moment and the BC Lions sale too. But your thoughts on, are the Stamps done without Bo Levi oh Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, I've become a Vernon Adams fan. So, I, yeah, I'm taking Montreal this week without, without Bo. I'm also a Michael O'Connor fan. I watched him yeah. awesome at UBC after he came up from Penn State, Canadian quarterback. He has that swagger, Michael O'Connor does. So I think if he's comfortable and they protect him and, you know, Dave Dickinson draws up the right game plan where he can get the ball out of his hands quick and have some success, completions. And he's going to need guys around him to make plays. But if he has a little success, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, Michael O'Connor, he's not a rookie, but he might as well be, right? Hasn't really played and gotten the, the significant playing time. You can't expect to win in this league, especially in a really good division um, with a rookie quarterback. So I think I do. I think they're in a lot of trouble. And Might have been a good poll question. Do the Stampeders win a game? Win a game? Yeah. Without Bo Levi Mitchell, I might have to vote no. Listen, I'm infatuated with Brandon Lewis watching from Texas. <laughs> watching illegals enter the United States of America. What a job. He writes in and says, Willie Jefferson is a friend and former teammate since we were little kids. Willie J. We were just in IG Field on Friday night, and I was showing my friend. I'm like, this guy, number five for Winnipeg, he's my dog. Willie Jefferson, Stephen F. Austin. Well, I don't know if that's where you guys were teammates or not, but from Beaumont, Texas, is where Willie's from. It just reminds me of the Mark Chestnut song, Blame It on Texas. You know that song? Been having a ball since I was a boy in Beaumont. That's good. <laughs> I like the Mark Chestnut reference. Not the Texas song I was thinking about, but... Uh, John Kirby's watching in Edmonton. He says, Edmonton has lost the same amount of games as Calgary Rod. Yeah, they still have their quarterback. Calgary does not. Okay, a couple of quick things. I'm sp- this is like point 1A, 1B, 1C. Because the BC Lions announcing at 12.15 Mountain, I believe is the time. It's uh, shortly after we get off the air today that the team's been sold. And I didn't expect to spend all this time on the Canadian Football League, but what the hell? Uh, it is August and we are in Canada. I hope that it's the Vancouver Canucks that have bought the team. I know if I had prodded around with a couple phone calls and text messages, I probably could have found out who the new Lions owners are, but I don't want to spoil the surprise and be that guy. Um, I hope it's the Vancouver Canucks. 
And I don't know whether you agree with that or not. I, I just, I can't think of anybody else. I don't have a problem with the big sports conglomerates. I really don't. They've saved teams. When the next pandemic rolls around, that might save the BC Lions and the CFL. But do you have thoughts on the sale of the BC Lions? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank for names. You know, unless you're looking at like some celebrity ownership and Ryan Reynolds is going to come back and own a piece of the team. He owns the soccer team. That would right? be cool. It would be really cool if something like that happened. Outside of that, if, if there was somebody in there that wanted to go head-to-head in the marketplace and really passionate, I'd be into it. I think it's a good news day for the BC Lions, no matter who, who's going to buy the team. You know, you're yeah. mo- I think they're moving forward. So I think this is a good news day for the Lions. But yeah, my guess would be the Canucks as well. Uh, from the Puck and Pigskin podcast in Red Deer, Alberta, uh, writes in says on the fan 960 this morning Dave Dickinson said everyone's assuming O'Connor's going to start but they shouldn't assume that who else you got bruh they can continue to play and dance around play these games whatever they don't have Bo okay the, the question is do they win a game without Bo the answer I think is no and I don't care who you're starting a quarterback and then the other thing this Stampeders sales story continues to rear its head and some XFL, t- yeah, courtesy me, I understand that, but my phone's been going off like crazy and I did have a guy from Calgary who is in the know. He actually texted me yesterday after the show and he said, good for you for sticking to your guns on this Calgary Stampeders sales story because it's, you're right. But the, the potential buyer does not want to be identified. So I'm just going to leave it there. Stampeders are on the cusp of being sold, and away we go. I'd rather talk about the games. Hey, hey, Craig Campbell watching from the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. He says, it's summer. We always need more hockey. Right on cue. Well, actually, my second point is uh, MLSE and the Western Hockey League both requiring vaccinations. Again, Bob's your uncle. We got our shots. We're covered. Um, if I want to go to a Leafs game, I can. You see, the Vegas Raiders, it was in my points yesterday that we never spent any time on. You're going to require proof of vaccination there. Look, the jig is up. The joke's over. I think you should get your shot. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just having coffee this morning with a guy. I don't want to say his name. But a uh, very close friend of this show and... We were both anti-COVID, anti-vaccine guys about a year ago, and we basically and we're in the same demographic, middle-aged white men. But this spring, we just said, whatever. <laughs> uncle, we'll get our shot. If that's what it's going to take to go to games and travel and get into America and to get back to normal life, just put it in, put it in me. Uh, go do it. History will show the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were ahead of their time. That's why I think Wade Miller smiled at me on the concourse the other night when I was doing loser laps at IG Field in Winnipeg with you. You saw the look on his face. Oh, yeah. It was not the disgust I expected. He was beaming ear to ear, and that's because I said he's got huge balls because he put them on the table and said, if you want to go to a Blue Bomber game this year, you got to be double-vaxxed. Were they not the first team to do that? Certainly in this country they were. I believe so. And now everybody's following their lead. And meanwhile, we got COVID outbreaks happening in the stadium here. And oh my God. And then in the Western Hockey League, all players and all staff, of which I think we qualify for that, have to be double vaccinated. But I got my card. I got it here somewhere. I can do the games. It's good. What is the holdup? Because you don't trust what's in the vaccine or because nobody's going to tell me what to do. 
Mm, actually, they are. <laughs> he said it. If your name's not DuPont, you don't get to go to the DuPont family reunion. Yeah, pretty <laughs> if you, simple. If you're not vaccinated, you don't get to go to the games. Right. Simple. Yeah. Um, hey, okay, Jay Bockhout, one of our guys in Vancouver, dog, P1, writes in and he says, BC Lions to name Amar Dolman the new owner. Who broke that? Good work, whoever broke that story. Ah, a Naylor Lalji tag team job. Again. Amar Doman, the new owner of the British Columbia Lions. Are you doing a quick Google search? You're looking looking him up on LinkedIn? I'm working it up. Futura Corporation, is that the guy? Yeah, Futura Industries. Anyways, more on that in a moment. Uh, Brandon Lewis, dog. Watching from Texas right now. He says, I watched this show with about 20 of us online. And no, I'm not on duty. Last night, we took in over 2,000 illegals. COVID is spreading. We just lost another border agent from COVID. It's a mess. <sighs> if, we get, if we got vaccinated, would it help? I think it would help. Um, thanks for watching and with all your guys. See, that's the thing. They're watching the show on YouTube with 20 guys around the computer. What does that count as? It's like TV. It's like being in a sports bar, right? Yeah, exactly. The whole bar is watching, but it counts as one television. That's right. Um, I got to move on. Okay. We'll talk about Amar Dorman later. He's the new owner of the BC Lions. And congratulations. Welcome to the CFL. Point three, National Hockey League Central Division predictor. Yesterday, I uh, gave the Pacific Division correctly, I might add. I think. Today the, central divi- yeah. Today, the Central Division, and uh, you guys said, just tease it. Don't go through your full eight teams, right? I'll just say I got Colorado one. I've got the Arizona Coyotes eight. And I've got the Winnipeg Jets number two. We'll fill in the rest later. Yes, the Winnipeg Jets, which are very quickly working their way into my heart. And why not? They're a good hockey team. Fantastic organization. Winnipeg Jets, number two. Take it to the bank. You've got yours, right? Yeah. So we'll do that all later. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that in a segment for our official betting partner. Come on, Canada. Uh, NFL notes. Interesting. New England won't name a starting quarterback yet. Why would they if they don't have to? They're still trying to figure out between Cam Newton and uh, Mac Jones, and I wouldn't rush that decision either. It is heating up, though. I'm loving the NFL talk at all positions. As we get ready for the weekend, uh, sorry, the week one kickoff. And I have some exciting news about myself in the National Football League. We'll get to later. Uh, Hey, Hard Knocks last night, episode two. I'm glad to see The Athletic with their notification because I follow the Cowboys coverage there. They said, not as entertaining as episode one. Right? Hard Knocks on the Dallas Cowboys. I fell asleep last night about 30 to 40 minutes in covering my team. Hard knocks. It was boring because for the most part, they just followed around training camp with a camera. I'm like, I've literally covered thousands of these sessions from the sidelines. I don't need to see this again. Get Jerry Jones on my screen. What's Jerry doing? That's interesting to me. There was hardly any Jerry Jones in hard knocks episode number two last night. Yeah. I was fascinated last week that Jerry was pounding egg McMuffins like it was his job. And dosing them with salt because he didn't care because he's 80. 
That's what I'm here for, for hard knocks. Not following guys around on the field talking about goofy stuff in their summer because I've seen that a million times. But that's just me. That's why I'm not the biggest Spit and Chicklets fan. Everybody was telling me, you got to listen to Spit and Chicklets. So I did. Love is nasty, obviously. He's my boy. But I'm like, I could go into any dressing room in North America, any hockey dressing room, and get the exact same stuff. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's just because I love it. It's just not as entertaining to me. We'll come back on all that because we're running out of time here. And, well, you have Hard Knocks thoughts. You tell me. Well, I mean, you're right. It was, it was a lot less riveting than it was in week one. But the, the only takeaway I have, because I like more of the stuff away from the field. I like watching the meeting rooms, right? I like seeing that stuff that you I've been in those two. But we don't get to see yeah. the coaches' meetings all the time or the player meetings. And I like that. Mike McCarthy looked better this week. That's the one takeaway I have. He didn't look forced. He looked more like just normal, like he wasn't paying attention to the cameras, and he looked more like a coach. So Mike McCarthy, I think, won some fans back in episode Not not me. I know, not you. He's still a bad coach. Just win. You see Amari Cooper talking about records they're going to set on offense with the Cowboys this year. Stop talking. Start playing. And that's my team, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, t- I'm tired of the talk, man. I know. I think we all are. It's a, you should be as a Leaf fan. I, I know. The, other, the last takeaway is, is I'm becoming more of a fan of Ben DiNucci. He had more of a role in this episode. Danny Bonaducci. He, like, he looks, they're like making fun of him for being the most vanilla-looking quarterback. And then towards the end, he put on the, the hoodie underneath like Dak does. Yeah. And he's starting to, he's starting to be, become a fan favorite. Yeah, there's some NFL stuff there. Uh, point five, are the Blue Jays done? The pundits say they are, so they must be. But George Springer going to the uh, 10-day injured list isn't a good thing, but the Jays have lost four or five. Things happen fast in the American League East, very fast. The Yankees swept the Red Sox in a doubleheader yesterday, and they're four up on uh, the Jays for the final wildcard spot. And point six, the CEBL Awards uh, night goes tonight in Edmonton. Xavier Moon looking to be the league MVP for a third consecutive year. How about that? So about we're following, following the CEBL, too. We're going to pause. Uh, this has been the warm-up for our friends at Ecole Electric. Come check out our new Regina Dad and Lighting Center, Ecole Electric. Let's get to work. The Queen's Plate running Sunday at Woodbine. Their CEO, Jim Lawson, joins us next from the Big Smoke. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Also live on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, 
Your space balls will thank you. Trust me. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Welcome back, everybody. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues, and that's what we love about daytime sports. Breaking news, the BC Lions announcing an ownership change. It'll be shortly after we get off the air, about two hours from now in Vancouver. We have learned that Amar Doman is the new owner of of the BC Lions. Darren, pull your mic in there for just before we bring on Jim Lawson. You said you got some info on Amar Doman? Yeah, I pulled up his LinkedIn page. Not a lot on there, um, but the three top skills that he's been endorsed for on LinkedIn, number one, mergers and acquisitions. Perfect. Number two, entrepreneurship. Why not? And number three, strategic planning. So... Seems like the guy for the job based on those skills. As long as he's rich, (laughs) we're good. Yeah. The 162nd Queen's Play goes on TSN this Sunday. First jewel of the Canadian Triple Crown. The CEO of Woodbine uh, Entertainment Racetrack is Jim Lawson. And he joins us today from the T-Dot. And I really appreciate him finding the time. Hey, doing business today. He's got the tie on. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great, Rod. Yeah, the tie on. First time I've had a suit on in uh, 17 months, I just calculated. So... How about there we that? Go. We yeah. that is a yeah, that is a really big day for sure. And listen, I saw I've seen the ads running on TSN for the Queen's Plate, and I'm like, we got to get Jim on to talk about this. Let's talk about all of it. You're not going to have a full house come Sunday, but you're going to run the race. What what are we going to see when we watch on Sunday? Well, we're uh, we're on CTV and TSN starting at uh, 4.30 Eastern on Sunday. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, a great program and great experience for people here. Uh, all of the traditions that we're used to, the royal traditions, the Lieutenant Governor of Ontario will be here. Uh, Penny Alexiak is the ambassador for the Queen's Plate this year. So for the first time, we're going to have uh, a person being Penny announcing riders up before the race. Uh, Jim Cuddy's going to play just before the plate. And uh, it'll be a great day all around. So we're excited. A lot less people this year because of the COVID restrictions. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think we'll have about 7,000 people here. But that's uh, 7,000 more than last year. So I'm excited. Yeah, no kidding. But you're back in your regular time slot right you you were delayed into september last year so how does it feel to get somewhat back to some normalcy here and and get your races in the right order yeah it's um the the queen's plate rod has has often been the beginning of july so we did Mm -hmm. have to push it back a bit um having said that um there's an argument that, that more horses can be ready we were expecting a field of 17 uh, just through different circumstances the, over the last couple of days, we're down to a field of 13. But what we have learned through COVID is uh, pushing the race back uh, give us, gives three-year-olds a better chance to get ready to go a mile and a quarter. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not cast in stone that we're going to go back to the first week in July uh, for that very reason. So we'll see what we do in 2022. I'm, uh, I got my email from Dark Horse, uh, the betting app, uh, getting ready for the Queen's Plate here on Sunday. I actually won some money last year on the Queen's Plate, so I'm excited about that. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about the field that's going to run on Sunday? Uh, well, it's, I'll say this. It's wide open. I just came from the draw, and uh, everyone is having a tough time. Uh, there's no even lukewarm favorite. Uh, a lot of people like the filly that uh, won the Canadian Oaks. Her name is Money for Row. Uh, she 
ran the distance a mile and an eighth, which is uh, an eighth of a mile shorter than than the Queen's Plate distance. But she ran it two seconds faster than the boys that day that they ran in the plate trial. So I expect they might make the Philly the favorite this year, but it uh, it is certainly anyone's race, and uh, and that's going to lead to a lot of fun on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Well, you may or may not agree with this, Jim, but it feels like a fast year because I remember getting my bet in while riding in a truck coming home from drag races in Saskatoon, and I bet on Belichick. And uh, yeah. that seems like a fast year. But for you, you look like you're down a little weight, Jim. Like, is it, how stressful has it been for you to, to get this far? I'm sure it hasn't been a fast year for you. Well, let me tell you, it's it's been a lot. Dealing with uh, on again, off again, startup, uh, certainly the health uh, regulations in terms of being able to race and dealing with 2,000 employees and the horse people, which is a big community. Uh, it's It's been stressful. I, I, I uh, To tie your two stories together, I, uh, I'm glad I retired from the CFL when I did because if I had to have done this job and the CFL uh, chairman's job uh, huh. this year, I, I, I might not be standing. I'd be a lot less than the weight you see me at now, I'll tell you that. But uh, listen, it's it's all good. Uh, it's a great cause. There's uh, lovely people in the in the horse community. And uh, I'm glad we're getting going and we're, we're healthy and, and Woodbine Entertainment is, uh, is a leader in doing a great job. And, and uh, I, I'm so pleased that we're w- able to welcome back fans uh, this Sunday. Yeah, no kidding. From viewer Kelly Bale, he says, man, I love Jim Lawson. So there you, you got you got at least one viewer out there, <laughs> Jim. Hey, but you know, the thing is, I've been following what's going on with you and your lobbying of the government and so forth over the last year. I mean, how many meetings did you have? This obviously this consumed your your life and you do it because you love it. That's why you and you've been a horse guy forever. But those meetings with the government had to take some years off your life, I would think, too. Yeah, I can say that the the turning point was getting the attorney general's office in, in uh, to understand that Kevin Waugh's private member's bill on sports betting did not protect the horse racing industry. Now, Kevin, and I, I've talked to Kevin on a number of occasions, uh, Kevin did not intentionally uh, do that. Uh, it, it's just a, a result of the sports betting operators carrying uh, fixed odds racing on horse racing. And once we got through to the AG's office, and to Kevin, Kevin was amenable to the amendment of Bill C-218 to protect the horse racing industry. And uh, and certainly the Attorney General's office uh, was, was supportive too. And in large part because of the jobs that this horse racing industry represents, not only in Ontario, but across this country. It's an important employer in this country. And uh, if that bill had, had proceeded unfettered, without the amendment to protect horse racing, we would have been in trouble. So I'm pleased we were able to do that. We had a lot of support of racetracks in other provinces and horse people's associations throughout the country. But uh, we uh, people looked to us for our leadership and, and we were thrilled to be able to get that done. And now, as you know, Rod, we're, we're right into it with now the rollout for, by the Provincial Lottery Corps in each province as they're how they're going to do this. Our particular challenge is how we're going to integrate our mutual wagering with sports betting. And uh, and we're in the middle of that and talking to partners and talking to the regulator. And, and I'm optimistic that what it will ultimately do is just have a broader network for our mutual wagering and horse racing 
across these very broad networks that these name brands betting operators that you know all too well uh, will bring to this country once it's legalized on August 27th. Yeah, no kidding. Um, two last questions for you, Jim. I'm just wondering how big of a bite out of horse racing COVID took because obviously I'm a sports guy like you. There's not one league or even team that's folded or gone extinct because of COVID, which makes me feel tremendous. But there's been, for a variety of reasons, private and government assistance and all the rest, what's it done to you guys? Um, and how are you coming out of it? We're coming out of it well. I said at the draw this morning, I, I said 18 months ago that we're going to come out of this stronger, and I really believe that we've come out of this stronger. I'll, I'll repeat what I said 18 months ago. We learned to adapt ourselves. We learned to move online. We now have approximately 80% of our wagering online through our HPI system and, and our course. Our brand uh, has spread throughout uh, the world, uh, not just North America. Our wagering is up substantially in the United States. And um, it's, it's all systems go for Woodbine Entertainment. We have uh, technological expertise and broadcasting expertise that has served us well. And we plan for what I'll call a new era of uh, the younger consumer and the younger demographic. And uh, we've, we've come out of this stronger. And uh, what COVID did for us is it forced us to act. It was a real catalyst to get our acting gear and we've got our acting gear and, and we have a bright future. Uh, and my last question for you is an, an advertisement, if you don't mind, for the Queen's Plate on Sunday for our viewers. I think they're all going to be watching now. I'm going to have my bets in through Dark Horse, but why should people tune in? It's a wonderful afternoon, right? CTV and TSN do a great job with their coverage. They really do. It's a great show, and it's, it's, it's first of all, a, a great show for the horse racing enthusiasts. But they do such a, a good job at TSN uh, of uh, bringing it down to, to all the fans and showing the fashion and showing the human interest story. We're going to have, uh, I think, around 10 Olympians uh, at the racetrack and, and led by Penny Alexiak. She's going to be joined by her brother, uh, Jamie. And um, in addition to that, they're, I think, the stars of a, a certain football team that wear, wears black and gold. Huh. Uh, you, you've heard of them. Uh, they got off to a slow start, but... Uh, Simone's going to bring his whole gang down here, and uh, it, it will be a wonderful day uh, of uh, pageantry with, with the royal representation and great horse racing. But uh, it, it, the TSN will show what a great experience it is, and, and I, think, I encourage everyone to get here someday because it really is a bucket list in, in this country to come to the Queen's Plate. It's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we're going to be down to about seven or 7,500 people this year, down from twenty five or 30,000, but it's... It's a really fun day, and I hope people tune in and, uh, and enjoy the experience through TSN and CTV. Absolutely. Well, uh, good luck, Jim. Thanks for the time. As always, let's do it again soon. Look forward to speaking again. Thanks for having me on, Rod. Jim Lawson, the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, joining us in advance of the 162nd running of the Queen's Plate. We have a uh, completely random questions come in, Moose, on Twitter okay. from Toronto from the Beneath Sports podcast and says, what Canadian city is the best option for an NLL expansion team? I'd say Quebec City. And uh, I know that's completely random for what we're talking about, but it is something that is on my radar and I've thought about way too much. And I got to say, I got to say, Winnipeg. I would have said that before. We were obviously just there last week and we saw the Canada Life Center with the lacrosse field on, oh, yeah. which incidentally was the Calgary Roughnecks old turf 
there was talk of the sweatpants capital getting an expansion team or some big money guys in the sweatpants capital wanting an NLL team. And I was told by the NLL, <laughs> no, I think the exact phrasing was, uh, dude, we're expanding into San Diego, Philadelphia, Las Vegas, but yeah. Winnipeg's got the venue. Yeah. In terms of size, they've got the population. Um, I'd like to see it go into Florida, to be honest with you. I'd like to see it go into Phoenix. I could see them playing in Talking Stick Arena. Yeah. But as I was told, these aren't lacrosse hotbeds. That's what I was told. And I'm like, God, ah, do you think L.A. was? Do you think Dallas was? Do you think Tampa Bay was? Hockey hotbeds? But anyways, Winnipeg's mine. He says Quebec City. What's Montreal yours? would be good. Yeah. Montreal would be really great for NLL. Um, but as we've learned, like this... What do they call it? Box lacrosse. I mean, it's not as big in the States as it is in Canada. It's huge up here at the NLL. And Massive. Now they're growing it in all these markets in the States. So as they grow it, I, I hope it goes to places like Florida. I think that'd be great. I'd love to be an ambassador of the league. Oh, yeah. And help grow the game throughout these other little corners of North America. But in Canada, yeah, Winnipeg, Montreal would be my, my, two, my two first choices. Um, from the cesspool that is the comment section here. How about that? I say that mildly tongue-in-cheek. From Eves Ross on YouTube, he says, this is one of the best, if not the best, sports show in Canada. Thank you. And it's the only daytime sports talk show. Um, Clark Campbell, where is it? Clark Campbell, regarding our predictions, which we're going to talk about when we come back. Here it is. My central division predictions for this year, because yesterday I did the Pacific. Clark Campbell says, Edmonton winning the Pacific over Vegas. My hot take of the year is Vegas missing the playoffs this year. Woo! Spicy! Hey, Clark, go jump in the lake. Get lost. <laughs> Miss the playoffs. I've, missed, I've never missed the playoffs. Anyways, we'll talk about the central when we come back, okay? Yeah. In the National Hockey League. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook live streaming and 24-hour sports radio. For Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Golden Corral of Sports Talk. That's us. Uh, a little bit for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Got a sports update coming up. Our NHL Central Division predictions for this season. But Jeremy Shackleton, watching on Facebook, says, uh, Patrick Mahomes, fourth straight AFC championship, third straight Super Bowl, heavy favorites. They are heavy favorites, but did you watch Get Up this morning on ESPN? I didn't. Well, they were talking about the Chiefs and how they've dramatically retooled their offensive line because it was battered in the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is running for his life, and I'm like, it's getting to be too much gobbledygook NFL coverage. It's getting to be too much. They were the AFC champions last year. Yes, they're heavy favorites. Of course they're heavy favorites, and yes, the Bucks may have come up with a blueprint for beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. But I'm not sure. But they did augment their offensive lines. They should be even better. 
Obviously, that guy's a Chiefs fan. Yeah, but to sit here and say, you know, the Chiefs who have... Like it was so bad. Back to yeah. like, like, oh my God, they got glaring holes that right. need to be replaced. And now they're a contender. No, the Chiefs are, are a really good football team. And they're going to be just as good this year. They're going to continue. The window right. is still wide open for the Kansas City Chiefs. They say they've gotten better. That's scary. Uh, they'll have LDT back. Well, that's the one that he's not penciled in on that starting group right now. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, where does Laurent Duvernay-Tardif fit into that offensive line? He'll be a welcome addition back for the Chiefs, no doubt. Uh, we'll get to the important stuff in a moment here. But um, Drew Koser's watching from the Off the Hosel podcast. The Brent Sutter of the Prairie Junior Hockey League, Drew Koser. And he says, Rod and Dupes, have you checked out the Malice at the Palace? I haven't. Is that the 30 for 30 on the brawl with the Pistons? That's where my mind went immediately. Is that what it was? I was watching at the time, so I don't need to watch the 30 for 30. Is that what it is? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, A quick sports update. Breaking news out of BC. The Lions having a news conference in now less, about 90 minutes from now, where they will announce their new ownership. It is Amar Doman. Google him. Look him up on LinkedIn. Welcome to the Canadian Football League, Amar. The Nationals have snapped a season-high seven-game losing skid with a 12-6 victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. Riley Adams homered and drove in three in his first game against his former team. Teoscar Hernandez homered for the third straight game for Toronto, who have now lost 4-5. The Rays have expanded their lead in the AL East to five games over Boston and New York by blowing out the Orioles. Nelson Cruz led the Rays' attack with two home runs, a three-run blast, and a two-run shot. Yankees swept the Red Sox in a doubleheader, and Kyle Hendricks became the first 14-game winner in the majors. Ian Happ homered in the Chicago Cubs, snapped the 12-game slide with a 2-1 win over the Cincinnati Reds. This sports update for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store. For Ballers Rec Room, their tailgate party kicks off at 1 p.m. on Saturday ahead of Riders and Red Blacks. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. As promised, my... National Hockey League Central Division preview for the 2021-22 season. And um, quick glance at last year's standings. And yeah, we're asking for yours as well. Throughout the program for the next uh, hour and a bit, the Colorado Avalanche, who won the Honda West Division last year by a eyebrow, by a whisker over the Vegas Golden Knights by virtue of their head-to-head. They don't have to worry about the Golden Knights this year. And that's why they're going to be number one in the Central Division. They're they're on the screen. The Winnipeg Jets retooled. Who has had a better offseason than Kevin Chevaldayoff, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets? The answer is nobody. They've augmented their blue line. They still got the best goalie in the National Hockey League. The Winnipeg Jets will be number two in the Central Division. Number three, the surprising Chicago Blackhawks. They almost made the playoffs last year. They've got Marc-Andre Fleury there. They've still got the wonderful mix of old and new. The Chicago Blackhawks were sneaking up on everybody last year. They won't do it this year. They're not going to be a surprise. The Chicago Blackhawks will be third. The Dallas Stars, last I checked, missed the playoffs last year. They've augmented themselves as well. It was not a mirage, them going to the Stanley Cup final two years ago in the bubble. The Dallas Stars will be number four. The Minnesota Wild are going through some issues, okay? Suter gone, Parisi gone, Kaprizov potentially in a contract squabble right now. I see a little bit of a, a backward slide for Minnesota. Not everybody can go forwards every year, and Minnesota's not. St. Louis Blues, window closed. Thump. 
won a Stanley Cup, swept out of the playoffs last year. Best days behind the Blues. Seventh, sorry, the Nashville Predators. John Hines, the coach in Nashville, I think it was a mirage them getting into the playoffs. It was a wonderful ending. Pecorino is retired, let's not forget. Nashville Predators, uh, you'll find out they are who we thought they were. And the Arizona Coyotes, uh, yeah. They went from the easiest division, where they couldn't make the playoffs, to potentially the second hardest division in the National Hockey League. That's the Central. Arizona will be last. There they are. That's my eight. How about you, Moose? Yeah, I, I can go along with most of this. When you get to four, five, six, seven, eight, it becomes kind of tough, right? Um, I think I'm with you. Chicago is going to be really good. I think Marc-Andre Fleury gives them, you know, really solid goaltending again. I think ESPN has Patrick Kane projected to get 97 points this year. That's what they're projecting for Patrick Kane. Gotcha. Some light there to bring it. They've got some really good young players, obviously, you know, Doc um, should be able to play. Tay's coming back. So I like the, the enthusiasm around. They got Seth Jones in the back end. I like Chicago a lot. Maybe even to finish ahead of Winnipeg in second. That's the big move I would make. Um, and I don't really, no, I, I, I don't disagree. You got Arizona in last, but I, for some reason, I'm just waiting. And I think this might be the year that Arizona surprises some people, wins a few more games. I could see them finishing in the middle of this division, fourth or fifth. I could see Arizona moving up. Um, that's my kind of take on it. And I, from an outside perspective, I think the Arizona Coyotes in the next, you know, four to six years are going to become a really cool team to follow. In terms of popularity, I think they're going to become like a social media trend. I think their fan base is going to grow in the next like four to five years. I think Biz Nasty, those guys are going to push it. I think they're going to become really cool. I think you're dreaming in Technicolor. (laughs) I think they are pushing a snowball uphill in Phoenix, Arizona, and that's having seen this from the inside. Darren Workman's watching in Salt Lake City, and he says, I didn't even realize the Coyotes were still in Arizona. How about that? Clark just said, maybe once the Coyotes move to Houston, they'll get some traction. That's my prediction, is that they will be the Houston Coyotes. And that actually rolls off the tongue pretty damn well, doesn't it? Not bad. Um, Let's spend a minute and talk about Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights. How they gas up a motorhome and drive all over the United States. Southwest, they get all the way up into Montana, Idaho, I think. They market, they work their asses off to promote their team, the Vegas Golden Knights, whereas the Arizona Coyotes sit and piss and moan why the Canadians in the Valley don't come to the games. (laughs) Trust me, they do. So I hate to say that... uh, You're wrong, but I think you're wrong. Yeah. Um, Stanley Cup odds here for Come On Canada. Come on, official. You got him? What do we got here? So Colorado. Are this the top six? No way. Is, this is that division. Colorado okay. one, Minnesota two, Dallas three, then St. Louis. There's your Jets. So J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So you and I are, are basically saying buy the Jets, buy Chicago, because you get really good odds. Nobody's thinking, nobody's giving them enough credit. And look, Colorado, 1.45. Look at Arizona, 301. Are they even still in the league? Like, 
that's just daring somebody to drop, a, a, you know, some money on Arizona. Wouldn't that be something? Put a thousand on Arizona and see what happens. Chris Jarl is watching on Facebook. He says, "I watch the show daily. Definitely the best sports talk." The white football helmets to your right, one mini, one full size. What teams are those? This is the Saskatchewan Huskies, hand delivered by their head coach Scott Flurry, Canadian Football Hall of Famer. This one down here is Canada West football because we're huge supporters of university football in this country. This is the Regina Thunder Junior football program, uh, Regina Rams football program. The very first gift to this desk came from the Calgary Dinos. That's right. They hand-delivered it to Moose DuPont. Yeah. So thanks for the question. Those are your answers. We'll take a pause and be back with Viewer Takeover. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash. Your car deserves it at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. us your opinions now we won't victimize you unless you really deserve it now back to your host rod peterson welcome back everybody it is uh viewer takeover we only got a couple minutes we went a little long there talking about the national hockey league but that's cool i know you'll forgive us uh i just now open my emails to see the bc lions invitation to their news conference we're not gonna get there guys it, but it's in about an hour and 20 minutes at uh, the Surrey practice facility. New owners for the BC Lions, Farhan Lalji, Dave Naylor, tag teaming on the uh, identification of that new owner. And uh, his name is Amar Dolan? Dolman. Dolman. So you're going to be hearing more about him over the next 24, 48 hours. And I say again, welcome to the Canadian Football League. Next up. I believe will be the sale of the BC or the Calgary Stampeders, which is interesting. I had my phone was going off all night with football guys, both in Canada and the States, and they were like, is this sale going to happen this year during the season? And I said, well, I don't think so, but this just happened with BC, mm-hmm. so it might. But yeah, I did have a very ardent insider Calgary football guy text me yesterday and say, uh, good for you for sticking to your guns on the Calgary Stamps sale story because it's true. Um, we got with a hockey talk here, Jeremy Shackleton again on Facebook. He says, Steve Eiserman turns the Red Wings into the Tampa Bay Lightning in three years, pending winning the draft lottery for Wright or Bedard or Mishkov. Uh, Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg says, I wouldn't mind seeing Bedard bring the Red Wings back to life from being the dead things. Yeah, they want to be the hot wings again. Yeah. Connor Bedard could do that for you. Oh, boy, he would be really good in Detroit. He'd be good anywhere, as you know. Of course. <laughs> how's your summer, Connor? Maybe that's how he's, hey? he's going to get the Coyotes back to relevance. Ew. Just a thought. There's no way. Ray, he's not going to Arizona. That would be a waste. Put him in a hockey market. Uh, Ray in the six. Hey, Rod, here's a random thought. The Rock buys the stamps, and both Calgary and the Argos move to the XFL next season. That opens up the Toronto football market for MLSC to get into the NFL, which is what they want anyway. <sighs> Maybe we'll talk about that next hour. What do you say? Oh, yeah. Rod Black coming up, too. Hang around right after this break on Game Plus. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.